0: Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast. This is Mr. Southeast with Dave Johnson and uh, I've got a birthday coming up. I'll be the old double nickel on Friday and uh, the rest of this week I'm having some of my old friends get together and call me. This is one of my oldest friends, uh, Adam Steck. He's the owner of Spy Entertainment in Las Vegas. Welcome to the program, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate it. So uh, I met Adam uh, in grade school when he was 10 years old at Lincoln School. He just moved in from New York. Uh, that was quite a quite a culture shock for you, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was quite the culture shock. I felt like that movie City Slickers, you know, when you get the city kid in the country. Um, so, yeah, but it was cool, man. I, I loved going up in Fairfield. It was awesome, even though all, all the craziness that ensued there. Uh, Made me the man I am today, man. So uh, I wouldn't change a thing.
0: I remember you were a young kid, you know, and you hadn't been in town very long, and you'd, you know, you're telling me, "Oh, I miss New York. I miss the pizza. I miss the crowd. I miss the people," you know. And I'd say stuff to you like, "Less, uh, less talking and more gigging frogs," there, Adam. <laughs>
1: That's right. I remember that, man. <laughs> you
0: know, I remember that. I can um, say it was just a bit different, but you, you found your groove and you found a way to, to enjoy uh, yourself there a little bit, didn't you?
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Like I said, I, I wouldn't change anything, man. Growing up in Fairfield, the, the people that I met it was so, so diverse. You know, you had you had the, the Roos and the Townies, man. You know, it was like uh, it was crazy. I came in there under under the Roux banner because my mom was into all that, um, and then you guys were the Townies. And uh, you yeah, know there was some, there was some some friction there for a bit, but I, I remember you in particular just welcomed me with open arms, and my friends, and my family, and, and, and you know we're still friends today. And so uh, they see unity and diversity, man. But uh, it was awesome, man. Fairfield, down home folks, good, good Western people, good values. Um, I learned to absolutely love it. and always have a place in my heart.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to tell you a little story. We've been talking a little bit. Adam and I have been talking about something I've been researching and he's kind of interested in. It's called the Fairfield Woodstock. Adam came about 1980 and this was in 1978. There is a, a place just Northwest of Fairfield. It's on a Creek bottom called Cedar Creek and a place called Grease Lightning is what it's called, co- uh, what the locals called it. And it's kind of a natural bowl. There's a, a, a flat part along uh, that surrounded by three sides and this construction company had torn apart a barn and they took the floor of that barn and they rebuilt it on the, up in this spot on Grease lightning. So they'd have a place to perform. And then uh, they put together this three day festival, which turned out to be, it was called the, the down, uh, the down home revival was what the thing was, but people started calling it the, uh, fairfield woodstock and it got you know really nationally uh known and all kinds of artists wanted to get in it now the two big artists that i've been able to confirm that were there was hank williams jr and uh, the nitty-gritty dirt band and uh, the nitty-ditty dirt Band had kind of that was their first performance in quite a while they kind of retired in fact they had rebranded themselves the dirt band and uh when they reformed as a nitty-gritty dirt band, this was the the place that they played. But, uh, and there was a lot of local bands and a couple other bands of Noteworthy, but we're not exactly sure who all played in this event. But, uh, I mean, the, the people that wanted to get on the bill was Bob Dylan wanted to be on it. Uh, uh, Waylon Jennings wanted to be on it. Dire Straits wanted to be on it, you know. And they had to turn those guys down, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was in the rain. It rained a lot, so there was a, it was really muddy, you know. And uh, this did not bother the nitty-gritty dirt band in, in any way, shape, or form. But So they was able to get to the stage. But uh, when Hank Williams Jr. played, it was a problem for them to get to the stage and their equipment and stuff. So the solution, they come up with what I call a Southeast Iowa solution to that problem, was they hooked chains to his tour bus. And pulled it with a bulldozer and they pulled it through the crowd through the mud and everything and up to the stage where they could get off the bus and then load and, and and play onto the stage and there was three thousand people there for this this event and uh you know you know where fairfield is a lot of people don't know where it is but it's a really small town in in southeast iowa to have an event like this that went on for three days uh the other things that are interesting about it, there was this. Uh, there was two bike, biker games that provided security. Uh, the event went through two hundred kegs of beer. Uh, it was quite quite an event. Uh, had you ever heard anything about it, Adam?
1: Yeah, yeah. nothing at all, man. Until you, I think you mentioned it on social media, and I was shocked. I think one of the acts that you mentioned that might have been there or wanted to be there was Montrose. You know, Sammy Hagar. Which is ironic because I just did a series of shows with Sammy Hagar uh, in Vegas at one of my showrooms here, and he played a lot of the Montrose songs. So now I, I was I was on the floor, man, for something like that to hit Fairfield, because as you remember, growing up there, I've always wanted to be a promoter and, and do events, and I actually started my my um, producing uh, career in in Fairfield. You know, doing doing shows there. The first show I ever did was at the Fairfield High School Auditorium in 1991. Richie Havens, who was ironically the opening act at Woodstock, right? Brought him there. Then did some stuff at the at the, um, at the Best Western. We we converted the ballroom into a little showroom and did Roger McGuinn for the Birds. So you know, again, when, to hear that, you know, you had the uh, uh, nitty gritty Dirt and and you know Hank Williams Jr. and and you know Bob Dylan wanting to come, and that's amazing to me, man. That's such unbelievable history. That uh, that that's super cool, man. Fairfield, Iowa. That's awesome. Yeah, that 3,000 people descend on that, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, it was, it's kind of, see, just look, here's what I knew, you know, uh, that I was fishing one day and I was walking down the creek and I seen this stage and uh, this guy was telling me, yeah, a couple years ago, they had this cool concert and it was like blowing me away. Now, and you mentioned Montrose. Now that was the rumor that Montrose played at this thing and Sammy Hagar played there and everybody, you know, in Fairfield kind of had a special place in their heart because they thought Sammy Hagar played there in Montrose, but Montrose broke up in 77. So, and they they weren't on the bill. Uh, There was a guy though, that I think that played there and I haven't been able to confirm it, but his name was Mike Bloomberg. And he was at one time uh, Dylan's guitar player. And he is one of these kind of tragic guitar players from the seventies that was real amazing wind up ODing you know and uh, but I think he was connected to this show but I haven't confirmed that for sure yet uh, but uh, you know I mean it's like you say it's everything that you you would wind up doing you know but a couple decades beforehand and uh, what, what you know kind of a wild ride and story with it and uh, there's a lot more to it that I haven't you know altogether uncovered yet
1: Yeah, like, I'd be curious, like, who who was the promoter?
0: uh, Oh, we got him. Ticket prices. His name was uh, Ely, and uh, another guy, it was $10. It was $10 to see the show. Uh, Another one of the promoters uh, is Reggie Cox, and uh, I've talked to him on the phone, and he's getting me all the dates and information. There's also uh, the Beach Boys had sent a, someone has a telegram from the Beach Boys, uh, apologizing for them not being able to make it to the show or that they were booked or some, some re, you know, making some, you know, so the Beach Boys are interested in playing in it too, you know. I don't know why, you know. Well, one, I just – I don't remember stuff like that happening, you know, in whether it was Mount Pleasant or Centerville or, you know, Agency or whatever. I don't remember any you – know, you remember the Iowa Jam or something like that in Des Moines, but uh, I never remember any festivals like that, especially
1: not on the oh, – I remember the Iowa Jam really well. That's one of my first big concerts. It was uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Ted Nugent, Motley Crue, Night Ranger, and Accept. Yeah. It was '86, and uh, we drove up there. That was that was awesome. But yeah, Iowa's I always been a great place historically uh, for touring acts. You know, because I've dealt with a lot of them over the years, and they love playing Iowa uh, because of the people. It's it's the crowd. It's, it's the people that are that you know just really into the music man like some of the best shows i've ever seen have been in cedar rapids at the five season center um burlington you know when you did your show there remember when you did your show boom boom uncle's lights yeah Quite shocking, you know good good stuff there so it's uh so it's not shocking that it is shocking that it happened in Beard, it's because you know i grew up there and had no clue but i can see why artists would love it there and then once they play there the the, uh, the crowds are just so good and so into it and so awesome and so just like Real earthy and just into it all. So, yeah, man, it's been great. Uh, you know, being associated with Iowa because of the crowds.
0: So t- uh, tell us a little bit your journey this, uh, about your time in Iowa, and like you say, into the, the shows and how you got started here. And uh, you kind of did the same thing with yeah. this rave. We we could talk about that at some point too. You you did a rave that was kind of got you going, didn't it? That was in the
1: cornfield. Yeah, well, that, that was one of one of several things, but. You know, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm from New York City originally. You know, I grew up in a, in a house, k- kind of an apartment actually, very poor. Single mother, dad left us. An older, I have an older sister, Mona. You know, you know her well. She grew up in Fairfield as well too. Went to went to high school there. And uh, my mom was, uh you know, uh, hippy dippy, and so, so I grew up with all that music around me, all the Woodstock stuff, Bob Dylan's, and the Neil Youngs, and the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and i was always playing. You know on the radio and, and the eight track and all that kind of stuff so like it was kind of embedded in me that music then um you know then she saw the the, the maharishi and get into the get to the meditation and she's like all right kids are moving to iowa i'm like what we didn't know where the heck iowa was <laughs> and we went there and it was a total culture shock as you said before but then slowly we just started you know it was the best childhood we could ever imagine man because you had so many diverse people from around the world that came there for for maharia all the kids the kids weren't into the meditation the parents were so we kind of just got you know drugged there if you will so we had this this sort of subculture with all these kids that were rebelling against you know the tm the the maharishi whatever whatever they do they do and it's kind of weird and booga booga and all that stuff but you know at the end of the day they're into peace and love and all that kind of stuff too but we never bought into the whole you know going to the domes and all that kind of stuff so we kind of had our own little subculture of friends there and then we met a lot of people from the town, like you guys, and you guys were awesome. It was fantastic. So we had this really cool, diverse group of friends that we grew up with, right? And so, again, I, could, I, I went back to New York, you know, and my sister graduated Fairfield High School. <clears throat> uh, I she go to MI, I forget. Uh, anyway, she, she went right to New York, became a, a, a supermodel, and her little brother came out there to me, and she kind of immersed me into the whole underground scene of New York, with all these DJs going, right? house music and stuff like that. So I, so I came back to Fairfield and I thought, wow, man, why don't we do like a dance party? So the first dance party we did was the Broadway building, right? At that point, it was almost semi-abandoned. And so we, 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 we found whoever owned it at the time and said, hey, man, we'll give you a hundred bucks to rent the place. And so we rented the place, got a PA and all this music from New York that I had recorded. And we tore we our first New York City, Chicago house party. Me and my buddy, Oleg Vydra. And it sold out. It was great. I'm like, this is awesome. And, you know, it was the place where all the townies and the, the roos all got together and had a good time. And much like the aground dances we used to throw before that. Um, and then uh, that sort of sparked my, my promoting career. And I started doing other stuff. And, and we, we, we brokered this big rave that was out near Kiyosakwa. Yeah. Rave stock. It was,
0: Ravestock. was pretty, See? pretty big. From Woodstock yeah. to Rave stock.
1: Woodstock to Raidstock, and then like I said, you know, I did I did Richie Havens at the Fairfield High School Auditorium, and then I'm like, you know, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to, I love the energy of live entertainment. I love when crowds come together that don't necessarily know each other from diverse backgrounds, and they don't give a crap, you know, who you are, what you are, black, white, red, green, you know, it doesn't matter. You're there for the music to have a good time. I'm like, that's what I want to promote. I want that energy, and I want to be around that, and, uh, I grew up with classic rock and I just loved the feeling. And, and then one thing led to the next, man. I started doing a bunch of shows and then some promoter took me under his wing out of Florida. And I started doing the bigger shows like Bob Dylan and Foxy Stills and Nash. We did Tina Turner at the market of Quad Cities and Moline. We did Joe Walsh at the, at the Five Seasons Center, the Cedar Rapids, um, a bunch of things. And then um, my buddy Oleg uh, that I grew up with in, in Fairfield. Went through, this is a crazy story, man. You can write a book about it. He was doing stuff in Ukraine, selling cars to mafioso guys through his dad's connections because his dad grew up there. And the next thing, I uh, the next thing, I, know, I said, "Hey, man, see if these guys went any shows there." So next thing, I'm on a plane and I'm in Ukraine doing shows, and they get a call from some guy in Moscow who saw me doing a show there. He goes, "Hey, man, can we do some shows in in, in Russia?" So here I am, 20, 26 years old, doing doing Liza Minnelli in in, Ros- in Moscow. It was crazy, Dave. Here I am. You, you, you grew up in America, Russia was always the enemy, right? Here I am behind enemy lines, you know, doing shows. And those people were amazing, too. Right? At the end of the day, people are all people, right? It's the government so that are all effed up and whatever. So I started doing a bunch of shows in Russia. That, and that's what led me to Las Vegas, looking for shows to bring to Russia. And then, next thing you know, in 98, 99, I moved to Vegas and, and I uh, started my career here. And then I uh, started doing all kinds of stuff here. I, I stumbled upon a little show called Thunder from Down Under, a mail review show from Australia. I was asked to do their their national tour. And I said to myself, "What the mail review with all the greased up dudes and, you know, the dollar bills and some guy. And I'm like, nah, that's not for me. But I'm like, you know what? I need to make some money. So <laughs> I did the show and I did the tour. And, and, and the guys were not like that at all. It was a great show, well, well produced, well choreographed, no dollar bill tipping. There's no tipping in Australia, right? So non-tipping culture. So my partner Billy, who well, I'm still partners with today, Billy Cross, created the show to thrill audiences without the dollar bills with with, with uh, acrobatics and comedy, and so it just basically give a whole different slant on mail review. So I had the idea of bringing it to Vegas, you know, for a full-time gig, and now it's the longest-running mail review in the history of the world, history of Las Vegas' highest-grossing show. We have two troops that tour the world, the Vegas residency. It's, it's been an amazing ride. And from that success in Vegas, I started doing other things. I created a one man show with Mike Tyson, I think you know about, which is amazing. It's a to Broadway, tours everywhere, did HBO special. Um, just a bunch of Smokey Robinson and I are partners doing a show called The Human Nature, Big Motown Show. I uh, have a bunch of magic shows in town. I have a Bee Gees tribute show called The Australian Bee Gees Show. Uh, we just took over a showroom at the Strat Hotel and Casino like I mentioned earlier, and we're doing residencies, with the likes of Sammy Hagar. We're talking to chief trick and, and uh, some other acts. And it's just, uh, it's an amazing ride, brother. And, and here I am, you know, 30 plus years later in the business and, uh, you know, still growing strong. All good.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're working with Sammy Hagar. and Like I say, I thought Sammy Hagar, I was, I, I got into investigating this because I thought Sammy Hagar had played in that. And, uh, it's weird how many people from Iowa had followed his career, you know, really early, you know, especially when he, he was on his own. And then I remember he played in Burlington with Crocus was opening up for him. And the place was just packed. And every, all the kids I knew was there. And everybody was talking about how this guy played in Fairfield, you know, and he never really did. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I call it the legend, of, the Fairfield legend, the Sammy Hagar. You should tell him about that sometime I if you it. ever ever talk to him again.
1: Well, you know what? We're we, we're about to announce a bunch of dates. You're getting a scoop here. Uh, no one knows about it yet. But if you ever make it back out to Vegas, man, you can ask him yourself. I'll bring you backstage, and he's a super nice guy, man. He's super approachable. Yeah, he's the guy that walks around with the you know, with the, with the beach bar, you know, t-shirt, which, by the way, is his uh, his rum that he's promoting off the stage, and then he, then he he on the stage, he's the same guy. You know what I mean? So he's just a really cool, down to earth dude. You,
0: you and, make a convincing uh, he, argument there.
1: You can totally ask him.
0: Yeah, you you make a convincing argument for going to Las Vegas. I think. I'm sorry. Say that
1: again. I said okay. you make a
0: convincing argument for going to Las Vegas right there.
1: And uh, hey, plus, I'll get you back on
0: that stage of the, of the uh, get you back on that comedy stage, bro. That, that was a pretty cool thing I was able to do. That was a fun. You know, uh, uh, I'm friends with the guy that I opened for that day, Jamie Lasseau. Uh He's he just got yep. the gig as a uh, as a. Uh, um, writer on gutfeld so uh, no kidding! yeah no. and uh, he's gonna be in iowa on my birthday he's gonna be in sioux city i might go up and see him in des moines on uh on the 7th or 8th that, that sunday he's gonna do a show with the um he's opens for rob snyder he's rob snyder's opening act
1: so yeah for all your fans out there listening to the round guy podcast they should know that you headlined at the laugh factory at the Tropicana in Vegas. Yeah, and, um, they should, they when he should came know to that. town. I, I called my buddy and he goes, Is he any good? I'm like, I think so. You <laughs> did a whole I may be a redneck uh, Yeah, uh, might,
0: Yeah uh, you you're yeah. Say, you might be a meth user actually uh, You might no, be a meth user. Oh man Yeah I a bad had bad. a I had a I had a great night there, you know. Whenever I do comedy anymore I say there's only two places I like to do comedy and that's uh Las Vegas and Wayland, Iowa. You know, I, <laughs> right on. but uh, I don't know. Las Vegas was really Midwestern. I thought uh, the audience, you know, I just really only wanted to just to see whether what I did would go over there, but you know, it felt more at home than being at home sometimes certainly felt more at home than being in Boy. Iowa city. Well, that's the thing, man, that the, the, the most common
1: tourist in Las Vegas uh, is Midwest. That, that That's a lot of the clientele that come here. You know, the, the, you know Midwest folks like to come out here and, have a good time you know they get their local casinos and you know the river boats and stuff like that but they want to they want to come experience you know the big time in vegas They they all come out here it's awesome so i meet people from the midwest all the time here and again that's the best crowds man because they're they really appreciate good entertainment you know they eat it up so yeah you were uh you you, you were well received my brother I was, I was so proud of you man you did great well yeah
0: it was uh, it was one of the big highlights of my life I'll, i would certainly say that i really what was great about it was I got a paying gig every week for six months after that.
1: That's right. That's what usually happens. You, you play Vegas, and I tell a lot, of, a lot of the artists that I try to woo here, like like we we have a, you know, a seven year run with the remember voice to men, but you know the pop vocal group, the R and B group. Think, anyway, they came here. There were like a twenty five thousand dollar track act. You know, back about ten years ago. Track meaning they just three guys came out with uh, you push play and they they sang over the tracks and they blew the roof off the joint. So I, yeah. I partnered with their manager, again and Nicole Mobile Hill, great guy. And, uh, you know, we, uh, brought him to the strip and I uh, had full band behind him and had a long run. But after they played Vegas, after I got their Vegas residency, now they're getting $150,000. It's hard for them to get them back every year. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Vegas definitely helps the careers out of, of everybody, which is awesome.
0: Well, there's nothing like it really. I mean, it's a, a great place and I, I love being there and, uh, uh, I just haven't gotten back out. I haven't done one stand-up show since the world ended and uh, never restarted along with it, but maybe someday I will. Well,
1: I'm sure the pandemic's given you a lot of good material to play with, right?
0: <laughs> well, I really enjoy doing the podcast, you know? I mean, it's been uh, a good way for me to get a little, you know, well, to share a little bit of Southeast Iowa with the world. That's kind of what I, I feel like I'm doing, you know, and we're... We're doing real well here in southeast iowa but we're we're in 34 states now so uh and it's wow. people listen you know and i i like you know being able to to share my views and if people like it they can like it if they don't like it then uh, they can listen to something else i guess but uh we seem to be doing okay tell me a little something about southeast iowa that uh, is a memory for you oh. Southeast Iowa, that's a memory. Just you know, all
1: my good friends, man, and having keg parties out in the cornfields. Those with Woods. We used to go to Wyden Woods. Yeah. And, you know, go out there and carve out some some, some, some patches of grass and and uh, have some parties. It was just fun, man. It was just freedom, fun, good people, you know, and just. Um, time in my life really man I reflect back on it man. It's just been nothing but great memories. Uh made rice. I love me some made right. I crave a made right. Uh there's <laughs> none out here in Las Vegas. Maybe, maybe we should go into business together, David. You know, get a cantino or made right out here. Every oh. time I go back to the spiritual, you know man, I stop in the tumbler cantina. <laughs> those,
0: you know, they're that's, sandwiches, man. Oh I love it. I love the food here. You're right. It is the people, you know there. what I mean? Uh, and and we lived in a time before the internet. You know, so every friendship was genuine. You know, and uh, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. totally. You mother, had to leave your house, house to
0: talk that, to somebody.
1: Our, our kids will never know what it's like not to grow up with a phone or, or iPad or Google. You know what I mean? We 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 had. I think beepers was the first uh, technology we had. You know, that that, was, that even came later, but before that, it was nothing, man. You got to call people up. And, you know, I remember in Fairfield used to. Everybody has a 472 number, but he said about the last four digits. I think, if I can remember correctly, it was a much simpler time. Yeah. And uh, we actually hung out and had a good time. We talked and remember staying up to the wee hours of the morning and just, uh, just having fun, man. And just, the people are just so cool, so down to earth. You know, and I, like I said, Torino's, you know, two o'clock in the morning on the weekends it was always fun uh Sterzing's potato chips i still crave you know those uh those, those grilled pork sandwiches at high vee in the summertime i don't know if they still have the cookies, barbecue sauce or the pickles oh. I, don't think I still have that man but yeah these are things i remember
0: yeah it's uh it was good growing up with you i sure just enjoyed uh, like i say there was just kind of a pure joy if you wanted you know see somebody you had to go to their house you had to get out of your house walk over to their house or meet yeah. somewhere you know or play on the playground and uh yeah it's a part of america that really kind of isn't the same but uh we yeah. still got the beautiful yeah, sunsets sure. and the corn and stuff like that i which i always enjoy well we've I'm been talking be with that
1: for the fourth of july that's what the core was
0: <laughs> we're uh, we've been talking with adam stack of sky entertainment in las vegas uh, reminiscing about uh, a little bit of his time growing up here and uh, it's all. It's been really great catching up with you, Adam. You got anything to say before we wrap it up?
1: No, man. I just uh, really appreciate that you reaching out, and and uh, I love our friendship that's lasted this, this many years. And you know, we can, we can just pick up the phone, or if I'm back in Fairfield, you come here. It's like time's you know stand still. You know what I mean? It's just. Uh, and you were you were so amazing to my family. You know, when we when we came out there about five six years ago, you know, you brought us out to your place in Richland. You had a little fish fry little grandson leo played with my, with my daughter he's so adorable and you know did a little hayride and he took us to see some alpacas and it was just you know good 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 uh, good old midwestern mid- mid- hospitality man you guys you know rolled out the red carpet for us and i've been so grateful for it man
0: well you're um, like a brother to me you know what i mean i treat you like family
1: And, uh, yeah, man, it's just uh, great great memories of faithful. Thank, Thanks for doing what you're doing, man. And the Round Guy podcast is awesome. And, and I wish you the best of success and the best of luck. And I'm sure you're going to keep kicking some butt. And I look forward to uh, seeing you again, either here or, or back home.
0: Fair All doing. right. You've been listening to Round Guy, the podcast coverage of my birthday. Thanks a lot, Adam. We'll see you later. Happy birthday.